You're listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and I very much have a penis. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Stephanie, and I am such a slave to aesthetics. (laughs) I told you you wouldn't have my quote. <laughs> Welcome to the iZombie Podcast, everybody. It's uh, another week. We have our we have our week off next week, so uh, we're just gonna we're gonna hit this episode hard and uh, go enjoy our break. So um, let's uh, let's get into the news. Uh, bad news starts us off, and it's always oh, no with what? the ratings. This is the least watched episode yet of iZombie. Okay, why is The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead so popular and nobody wants to watch this? It's crazy. I I would much rather watch funny zombies than scary zombies any day. I know, I know. And, you know, the the slap in the face is, you know, we get a .5 rating and 1.17 million viewers and our lead-in... Uh, is The Flash, who has a 1.4 rating and 3.46 million viewers. <laughs> so, basically, our viewing... Uh, we get, like, a third of of the the viewers stick around for iZombie. But yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has about the same ratings as The Flash, so I'm wondering where all those viewers are going. Oh, off the network and onto ABC to watch S.H.I.E.L.D. because, uh, you know, comic books. So I'm just saying, like, CW, you might you might want to move us. I, but the thing is, I don't even know where. I looked at the CW schedule. I mean, Monday we have Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Jane the Virgin. And then Tuesdays mm-hmm. we have Tuesdays. Uh, Wednesdays, Arrow and Supernatural. Thursdays is uh, Julie Plek Vampire Night. And uh, Fridays is America's Top Model in Rain. Now... <laughs> I don't want to go to Fridays because I watch Sarah Connor Chronicles and that scares me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, now we have Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I almost thought like iZombie might be a fun lead-in for uh, Jane the Virgin, but or Jane the Virgin is a fun lead-in to iZombie, but uh, now we have Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and, <sighs> of course, I don't know the ratings of that. Anyway. Yeah, nobody watches Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, no. even though it's adorable. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't watch it, but I don't do a podcast for it, so... Um, speaking of crazy ex-girlfriends, uh, we actually, uh, if you <laughs> noticed, I, uh, inter- introduced the show by saying, uh, iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph and Steph, and there's a reason for that, and you probably already know because you looked at your show notes and went, hmm, who's Debs Howard? Well, I'll tell you who Debs Howard is. Debs Howard is Steph, the recently jilted, uh, Steph, and, uh, we actually recorded an interview before we started the podcast, and we'll play it now. Okay, we'd like to welcome to the show Debs Howard. Thank you. Welcome to the show. It's 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 the I Zombie Podcast with Robin and Steph and Steph, just like I always imagined. Robin <laughs> 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 Steph. You know, it's it's funny. Like when we started hearing about Steph, I I thought it was almost like an homage to my co-host. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't that's care why the character was created, just for you guys. That's what I believe. I, and you can't Yeah, say it's for different. you, Steph. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. Acknowledgement. Uh thank you so much for being on and uh wow, what a what a memorable performance especially in the last episode. That was great. Thank you. Yeah, it yeah. was really really fun. 
you have you are a very charming person. The character is just very charming. Just oozes personality. What <laughs> did what did the uh, producers tell you about the character? Oh, well, um, I was told that Steph was uh, vibrant and colorful and fun, and I I needed to uh, make sure that she wasn't actually threatened by Peyton at all. <laughs> so in the first episode, you can see that when Peyton comes in, and of course, Peyton is the most beautiful human being ever made. So, uh, but it was really important that uh, Steph was really confident and could stand her ground and, and didn't really feel threatened. Yeah, we love the high five. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, Steph just seems like the perfect girlfriend. (laughs) Thank you. Tell Ravi that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like the character is like the girl, the 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 woman that a guy would could he just kicks himself because he doesn't, you know, because it's. It's just not, it's not you that it's him. It's not the right time, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. He's not ready for all that. (laughs) Well, Ravi and Peyton have a lot of history, and uh, with her staying at their house, I think that was probably pretty hard for Ravi to to have anything with anyone else. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, a constant reminder. So did you kind of, like, look into this whole relationship, like, watch some previous episodes to get an understanding of... uh, who you'd be on the screen with, Ravi and, and Peyton? Yeah, I did a little research. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ravi and I, before we started filming the first uh, episode I was on, um, we sat down and had lunch together. And uh, he kind of gave me a little backstory about uh, about this, the relationship with Steph um, that they had sort of come up with anyways. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they were looking for a girl who... Uh, he could play video games with and um, just kind of who was supposed to be smart and um, fun and hold her own, but in a totally different way than, um, than I guess what Ravi had been used to. So, so yeah, so Steph was just kind of a, just a wild one thrown into the mix. So like a, like a female major. (laughs) (laughs) So with a little more crazy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Okay. Steph. Were there any uh, scenes filmed that were not aired, that were deleted scenes? Mm-hmm. No, actually, uh, all, all the scenes that were shown were, yeah, were what was exactly planned. So no deleted scenes, unfortunately. So uh, what can you tell us about, you know, just working on the set of iZombie? Any sort of fun stories you want to tell us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, actually, first of all, the, the cast and crew of iZombie are the friendliest people in the world. I, um, I've worked on a few sets, and it can be a little bit intimidating when you first come on, mm-hmm. uh, but everyone there was so welcoming, so sweet. Um, Rose McIver is is the sweetest person alive. I just kind of met her in passing, but she was so, so friendly. Um, Ali is, is also amazing. Um, yeah, Rob, as soon as I met Rob, he um, gave me a big hug, hug and welcomed me to the show. And yeah, so everyone was great. Obviously, nice. Raul's awesome as well. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of felt like a family as soon as I, as soon as I stepped on set, which was really great. Um, and Raul is a uh, likes to play pranks, you could say, on people maybe. So uh, 
actually. I don't know how familiar people are with the way that these shows are filmed, but generally uh, they use one camera setup to cover one person's um, performance, and then they move the cameras around Mm -hmm. to cover another person's performance. So you end up doing the scene multiple times. You You can do it. A whole lot of times sometimes. <laughs> so uh, during the breakup scene, um, <laughs> when we're in bed, the cameras are on, on my coverage. And uh, Ravi, on his line where he says, uh, well, Steph, I think you're a lovely and creative person. <laughs> and uh, Ravi decides to unbeknownst to anyone, uh, not even the director knew he was going to do this, but he had set up a cucumber with a condom on it that he pulled out from under the cover. <laughs> and, and it took every ounce of me to try not to laugh. I was so confused. I was, I thought it was hilarious. And then obviously I burst out laughing and we couldn't use that take. <laughs> oh, I hope we see that in the blooper reel. <laughs> I heard there's a lot of them. <laughs> Yeah, probably. I'm sure uh, most of that most of that cast plays pranks on each other because they have a good time there. Yeah. Well, I mean that that probably helped out a lot with that scene. I mean, this was. I mean, I want Steph to come back, but this might be this might be your goodbye scene for the for the show. You know. I don't know. (laughs) I I mean, yeah. I had some people ask me how Steph would retaliate (laughs) um, because she's a bit nuts and. Um, you know, I don't know. We, we came up with a couple of funny ideas, but in the end, it's up to a lot of, uh, it's up to the iZombie gods. Um, what happens with Steph mm-hmm. if she comes back or not, or who knows? Well, it's a mystery. Well, we're rooting for it. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I was, I was wondering if she was too good to be true. If, if oh. she had like ulterior motives or something. Oh, um, I think Steph just really, really wanted to fall in love. Mm-hmm. She, she, she was really into Ravi, and so she didn't have any ulterior motives um, up up to the point, you know, that you saw her. But you know, if she ever came into contact with Ravi again, I don't know if her motives would be quite the same. Well, we're always well, looking I'm for not... secret zombies, you know. So, <laughs> like, yeah. is this a, is this well, a mole? The next episode is going to be Fatal Attraction Brain. Yeah. Yeah. Which looks hilarious. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I I really, I really felt for Steph. I mean, I thought she's, you know, sure, she may come on a little strong, but I mean, she's so fun. And I I just feel like, you know, you get in that relationship, you're in the first couple of weeks, it is the best time of your life and you want to just be in it. You're ready to go to wine country. You're ready to do everything. It's not like it's a proposal, but you're just, I think she just genuinely liked Ravi and it yeah, felt see, so Yeah, see, I terrible. didn't get the crazy. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't get the crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Steph definitely wanted to show Ravi how much uh, she she cared about him by setting up the big British palooza in his living room. Um, and yeah, and I mean, sometimes it's not, those gestures aren't so well received and sometimes they are. You never know. Especially when you're a couple of weeks off on Guy Fox Day, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that outfit actually that they, that I was wearing in that scene, um, I had three fittings for and they custom made it for me um, mm-hmm. to fit me perfectly. 
Yeah, I saw your Instagram. You, you seem like you're. You said something like you hadn't worn anything like that before. Nope. <laughs> It was so nope, cute. That was a new one for me. Did they have to cut you out of it, or <laughs> <laughs> just about? It was. It was. Uh, yeah, it was definitely form fitting. You could say. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely want to ask for our listener, Frank, who uh, every single time I zombie comes on, he says it's Peyton Day. So if you have any sort of insight on uh, Ali Machaka, uh, I'm sure he'd love to hear it. <laughs> Ah, Working well, with her, being in her presence, I think Frank would yeah. just, just like hearing about that. <laughs> Funny. Um, someone actually asked me this the other day. What was it like uh, working with Ali Michalka? And my answer was, it was like meeting a unicorn in a mystical, mystical forest. <laughs> She's great. just like, she just floats into the room and is just has this wonderful presence. She's, yeah, she's great. She's really, really sweet, really nice, and obviously really beautiful. So, and, yeah, she's got a lot going for her. And then, uh, you know, we have we have uh, uh, Raul's character, Ravi. His beard is called Princess Sparkles in another episode. <laughs> so you were in a room with Princess Sparkles and a unicorn. That's... <laughs> I know. I was I was graced with some wonderful presents, <laughs> for sure. Um, I did want to talk to you about a couple other things before uh, you had to take. You, you don't have much time, really, right? You had to take off. Yeah, I have to. I have to go soon, but I have time for a couple more questions for sure. Okay. Uh, now you may not be able to say a thing, but I do see that you have a role. In uh, the upcoming seasons of uh, Lucifer and the X Files, and I saw the first episodes of both those shows, and they look really, mm-hmm. they look really great. I don't know if there's anything you can kind of spill about working on those sets at all, or maybe not. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they were both really, really cool. Um, I mean, uh, working with David Duchovny was pretty awesome. Yeah. That was, uh, I was, I felt really, really fortunate to to be able to do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, X-Files was really great. Chris Carter was, is the director and obviously creator of X-Files. Mm-hmm. He, um, he's one of the nicest people ever. And, um, they all work so hard. They put a lot of hours into that show. Um, and yeah, really, really great. Lucifer is also so much fun. That show, um, I think the concept is so cool. Having the devil, you know, try to live in Los Angeles as a regular person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and the cast on that show was was really great too. Um, my my character on Lucifer uh, looks a lot different than Steph. Hmm. She's uh, she's she's um, had a very different experience than kind of bubbly. Steph, so that's a nice tease. Okay, yeah, we'll definitely check those out. And I just definitely wanted to re- mention there's another thing on your resume. Um, you're uh, starring in this movie called The Evil in Us, and uh, um, I, I, I watched the trailer, and it's just basically you know Cabin in the Woods kind of thing, but you get exposed to a drug that turns you all y'all into cannibals. So we see we see you screaming, we see you wielding an axe and covered in blood. Definitely very <laughs> unlike Steph. <laughs> I mean, yeah. unless she comes back and she's like that on the show in season three or something. But <laughs> um, yeah, um, the evil in us—that uh, was a—that was a ton of fun. That we shot that just over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that I was really lucky to be able to play the lead in. Um, it's You know what? It's funny how often I've been cast in something where I get to run around with an axe. It's crazy. <laughs> like the Downey so, commercial, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you know what? When I was watching iZombie, uh, the Downey commercial actually came yeah, on. We were saying that too. Yeah, before. we saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I pointed, we spotted you. I, I pointed it out to my wife. I'm like, hey, that's that's the girl we're going to be interviewing. <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure how many other people caught that, but um, <laughs> yeah. So I also, The Evil in Us is, is great. Mm-hmm. There, I think they are, uh, the producers are trying to sell it at um, AFM. Um, in LA. So I think they're kind of waiting on, on uh, what distribution and it'll probably go around to a few horror film festivals. So yeah, that's a definitely a bloody gory kind of adventure, that one. Yeah. Um, and then I actually, there's <laughs> the other, the other thing I was cast in when I'm running out of a cabin with an ax is uh, there's a promo trailer for a video game called um, Until Dawn. Oh. Um, yeah, and it's uh, it's a really really creepy little promo and uh, really really cool. It's got um, Robert Frost's poem. Uh, oh my goodness, I'm not even thinking of the title right now. But it's got a Robert Frost poem voiceover like the road to not it. Taken, basically. Yes. I live exactly. down the street from his grave, so I've so oh. very well. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a, also a really cool experience. But I I I get killed in a lot of shows and in a lot of films. So um, it was nice to be able to live in this one. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so um, much for um, coming by, Devs. Uh, really appreciate you. it. You're welcome back anytime. If you want to just come on and chat about iZombie, if you liked an episode, <laughs> feel free to. <laughs> Give us well, a ring. thank you so much. It was really nice of you to invite me. Thank you again so much. Really appreciate no it. No problem. Thank yeah, you. thank you for your time. Bye, Steph. Bye, Robin. All right, take Bye. care. Okay, we're back. And, uh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. <laughs> I really like her. And uh, I, I really do hope that Steph comes back. <laughs> I do, too. Because, I mean, she's just so adorable. He just, is, and just, you sure it's not just the, the fact that she's her name is Steph? No, Steph is an awesome okay. name, but <laughs> she, Dubs Howard really is. I mean, she's got a you know great uh, screen presence. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally. Just tons of personality. Locker. I got to go check out that Until Dawn trailer. Um, maybe I'll post that in our Facebook group. Um, awesome. Which you should definitely join, folks. Uh, always looking for feedback from you, and this this week we're a little light on the feedback, so uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about some abracadaver. Um, right now, uh, uh, this is, uh, season two, episode seven. Wow. We're just steamboating along, aren't we? Um, abracadaver and all this season you've been going, when are those shit? My dad got shit. My dad says guys going to be uh, writing an episode. <laughs> when are they going to punch up a script? Well, this is, yeah, I think I'm the only one. This, this <laughs> well, they're, you know, they're new writers. Um, and you know, you want to see if they're going to be able to still have the same kind of, uh, tone as, uh, you know, our previous writers. And, uh, we, I, I think there's a, a new writer next week too. Um, but we'll talk about her not next week, December 1st. Um, but we'll talk about her then. Um, but this week it's, uh, Justin Halpern and Patrick Schumacher who, um, who wrote this one. 
And this one was also directed by, and oh man, I am going to destroy this name. I'm so sorry. Viet Nguyen? Nguyen? I'm so sorry. I'm the worst. Is it Gwen? Is it Gwen? Uh, spell it. N-G-U-Y-A-N. Now I feel like I'm in a spelling bee. Oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, he did a great job. He is um, the editor of iZombie. He's been editing Rob Thomas shows since Cupid. And uh, he also... Oh, yeah, wow. And he directed uh, Play It Again Deck, uh, which was the uh, Veronica Mars web series, for those who don't know. Um, but uh, I think uh, I think he did a, I think he did a great job. And so did uh, the, the writers. I thought they definitely kept the same... Tone and it sounded like the characters, you know, it didn't seem like a crazy episode, um, offbeat or whatever. Um, what, I mean, what did you think? Did you, were you, were you, were you satisfied? I don't, I mean, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was expecting because it was the sh- my dad says people, I was expecting shit. it to be funnier, and it so was shit. it was fun it just i don't know just like we talk about every week how the episodes are so cram full of stuff this just seemed a little light it's it's as if we kind of i mean that was one of the criticisms i saw in the reviews like you know it's funny how like there was a lot of reviews that were like this was like one of the best and then there was other reviews that were like you know, they were saying that this was very procedural heavy and we've been doing all these, uh, you know, heavy mythology episodes with the procedural just kind of in the background um, as, you know, kind of weaving in and out of the episode. But this one, it's mostly the case. Um, right. And, you know, we had Major's big uh, freezer full of zombies last episode. We, had, you know, people were wondering what's going to happen with that. Um, we had no Stacy Boss or Von Duclark. Um, no, no Rita or Gilda, and uh, right. you know what happened to Glenn? Glenn's missing. Oh wait! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so silly. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so tired. That's okay. You're more impressionable. I, I say bad jokes. You actually laugh. Uh, <laughs> um, but I wrote down here. I was like, there are four things about this case, okay, that I appreciated, and was it. Was do you do you think it was um, it was because it was more of a uh, case heavy episode rather than mythology that bummed you? Yeah, I mean probably so. But I mean the case was um, interesting. It, you know the twist was uh, clever. It was a clever did you, twist. Did you so. see the twist before? No. See, I didn't either. I was like, that guy looks weird. Maybe he's wearing a wig. I did too. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like. That sure is a pretty man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but um, I, I wrote down, I was like, these are four things. There are four things I liked about this case. And, you know, we'll break the case down. But I, right off the top, I thought it was a like a solid, like, now you see me. You know that movie, Now You See Me? It's it's like a solid Now You See Me type mystery, but better, better than that. Because that thing was pretty terrible. Um, and we had this great Columbo slash Agatha Christie ending with Liv solving the case. I mean, you know how Clive said, you know, we usually do this in the interrogation room, but you know, yeah, she, but where's the magic? Exactly. In that? She's yeah. got this room full of people and she's going to, 
you know, and that's because she has this fun brain where it seemed like every conversation that she'd get a chance to do some sort of presentation or some sort of showmanship, uh, she'd take advantage of it, you know, much to. I think that's what uh, I felt underwhelmed with was. The brain? No, maybe her, her, be, yeah, her being on the brain. Hmm. Yeah, the brain. See, I thought it was fun. I like the death obsession. I thought they could go a little further with the death obsession, especially since, you know, she's a zombie. But mm-hmm. I thought, you know, when she'd break into um, the different, very uh, goth, poetic um, little speeches, that was it was fun. Um, I, was, I wasn't a fan of how it ended, how the episode ended. I mean, you know, we'll get into it. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, oh, I said four things. The other two things were um, Robbie's intense love of magic and Clive's, Clive's uh, intense disgust of magic. <laughs> and how he just kept getting ripped off throughout the episode, if you noticed. Like he'd be missing yeah. his wallet. He'd be missing his watch. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm going to try to skim through this as best as we can. Um, but we're at the Rainier Suites Hotel at Presto Fest. And... Uh, this maid goes into a room, and we see our first red herring, which is a, a magician with a bunny walking down the hallway. And you're like, hmm. Uh, you know, after she runs out screaming, you're like, ooh, maybe it was that magician with the bunny. But nope. Um, we have our Chris Angel lookalike, Sid Wicked, um, with a Queen of Diamonds in his throat. And that is the um, the trop card <laughs> of... Um, of the uh, the the first, uh, I think it was one of the first ones. Uh, the title credit, Trump card, and I looked it up. I was yeah. like, "What is Trump? Like, I know Trump card, you know. What mm-hmm. is Trump?" And I looked it up, and there's a there's a French expression called uh, Trump Louis, um, which is a painting that deceives the eye, an illusion. So you know, they we have our maid running by, and. Uh, Yes, this is this is supposed to deceive us. This is an illusion. You know, she's putting on an act. <laughs> okay. Um, for the hotel cameras and for us. <laughs> um, so our crime scene was fun. I mean, with this terrible smell that turns out to be a fish. And we find out that Robbie is this incredible fan of magic, of course. <laughs> because he likes nerdy things. And I love how he's very reverent about Sid's showmanship. You know, with that possible suicide note video that Sid left. And, uh, yeah, we, um, the maid, uh, her name was Arena. And I looked this actress up, and it's her name is Mercy Malik. And she wasn't really in anything I've ever seen before, but um, I'm just going to give homework to the listeners. Um, she's got an interesting IMDb profile photo. Uh, so check that out if you want. <laughs> is, is it kind of like hardcore yoga yeah, or something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, spoilers for folks who are looking it up just then, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she says she heard an argument in the and and there were, he was yelling at the angels, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, and I love so that leads us to is it his assistant? Yes. Her name is Angel, Angel the assistant, and she's carrying on with yeah, she's she's carrying on with like a uh, competitor. Mm. Well, she said she was hanging out with Amazing Dick. <laughs> I love you, writers. <laughs> um, 
but uh, yeah, because basically all every magician hates hates Sid, so it could be anybody that that murdered him. Yeah, because Sid he stole a lot of people's like he, Houdina. Mm-hmm. He stole an act of hers and expanded on it, and he's he exposed. Hold on, Magnus the Magnificent. Magnus, yes, yes. Uh, Magnificent and, Magnus, yeah. And he had a lot of Twitter so, feeds. <laughs> yeah, what is up with that? Like, I think it was uh, the writers commenting on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, and, I, w- I well, especially I since wonder. Justin Halpern, you know, he's very famous for the what was it called again? Stuff. <laughs> My dad said. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he get, if he got a lot of backlash. For I that. don't know, but that was that was a huge Twitter account a few years ago. You know, I know I followed it, mm-hmm. but uh, live. I wonder if he got accused of like selling out. Or I don't know. I thought it was. What? I know when it when it came out at the time, I was like, "That is the weirdest thing I've ever heard," which is a Twitter account uh, turning into a TV show. You know, it is it was weird. Even weird when it was a book. William, <laughs> you know, yeah, William Shatner. That's what was weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I don't know. I I was thinking it should have been like a Larry David type, you know, but I don't know. Um. Uh. But yeah, the Twitter. Um, a vast, he says, a vast collection of humanity's uh, impetuous thought vomitings, <laughs> which is perfect. Yeah, yeah. What did he say? Like, soak in the hate. <laughs> yeah, that's what Angel says. <laughs> and Robbie talks about his own Twitter account. It was very. Uh, I loved how you know there was a, a little bit of meta there because everybody in the cast, especially Raul, was on the Twitter all the time, and he talks about how he was very intro- introspective with what he tweets. To his yeah, because followers. I, yeah, I wonder. You know, like I remember when Rutger Howard joined Twitter, and like <laughs> Rutger, Rutger Howard's on was, Twitter. I'm going to follow that. No, he's not Aww. anymore. Yeah, I wonder. Like, what does it take? You know, how much negativity does it take? You know, for somebody to just you know give up on it. I don't know. Haley Atwell just uh, just quit Twitter. That's Agent Carter. To she yeah. did. But I don't think it was any sort of. I think she just wanted to focus, like Damon Lindelof that said he he needed to focus too. But you know, it was because he was getting a lot of garbage too, right? Really and you know, well, like you know, Joss Whedon, he quit yeah. because I feel like it it was a contractual obligation for him to have to have a Twitter, yeah, for marketing of Avengers. Well, I know he enjoyed right around, uh, much ado about nothing. So I I bet there was a that part of him that said that this would help get the word of that film out with their big. Movie bus tour. Um, mm-hmm. We're going off on a tangent. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, sorry. It's okay. okay. Um, I like the fact that uh, the fish smell. Uh, uh, I just love the joke that it, you know Ravi says it's not uh, Clive's new cologne. <laughs> See, none of that was like it was hard for me to follow. Okay, he got a he got a like a welcome basket. Mm-hmm. Sid did, and then inside the welcome basket was a dead fish, and that was a prank from Magnus. Magnus, and that just I just didn't get all oh, that because I mean uh, I got it, I understood oh. it, but it just it just didn't. There was lots of like work. The, uh, well, you know, it was smoke and mirrors. They were literally trying to throw smoke and mirrors. At, uh, smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. They were trying to throw smoke and mirrors at um, at the detectives. You know, setting. They they thought a lot of this ahead of time. They 
they knew Magnus uh, was mad mad at uh, Sid, and they arranged for him to be put into the bathroom with a beautiful, uh, voluptuous uh, auburn hair, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they knew that um, uh, Houdina likes to disappear at the end of her shows, which, mm-hmm. by the way, is great on the rewatch. You know, I don't know if that was an actual trick yeah. or not, but did you notice this... On the rewatch, I did. She's not, the waitress. Not the first time. Because yeah. I thought it was tip weird. Your, I was like, "Tip your service." She walks out. She's like, "We're gonna do something with. We're gonna do something with this bunny." And I thought that was just kind of like a funny side joke, you know, in the background that they decided to do. But no, that was actually Houdina, who um, is played by Fiona Gubelman. Mm-hmm. I recognize her from Wilfred. Yeah, and and she's in like an AT and T commercial. She was also in the series finale of Mad Men. Uh, as like as like uh, somebody said on, uh, Don Draper's last concert. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said that on Twitter. Yeah, yep. Um, and I love her little trick. She's like Gambit, you know. She's throwing playing cards, and of course she's got these razor playing cards. You know, they really thought of this all quite well ahead of time. This it's missing the Queen of Diamonds, yeah. and of course she got a diamond that she threw back at Sid when they were, you know. But they're like in the spotlight. They're you know, kind of famous mm-hmm. now. Why would they be holding a grudge? Uh, you know, no, if they're so successful, they if they're like pen and they talent. weren't. They were. They they said they said during the episode that these guys were like local magicians trying to make it big, and that they you know they flipped when you know they were screwing with Sid, and then Sid said that he was going to hack their jokes or their tricks, their big anvil trick. That was getting them famous, and then they, you know, because they they were trying to be big stars, and they had their first big special there being filmed. So that's uh, that's why they that's why they did it. It was, it was just weird that they have ca- these cameras following them around. Mm-hmm. They're in the spotlight, and they decided to, which again is probably a big part of this alibi. But of course, they probably didn't have the cameras when they were um, watching Houdina's act, or rather, Smoke was watching Houdina's act while. Mirrors was dressed up as the maid and going off to uh, murder Sid. So yeah, but Mirrors probably okay. stole the card from Houdina's act and then went off. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it kind right. of kind of works all together. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It does, and it's it's interesting, yeah. but. You know, magic. That's pretty interesting. It's pretty. Yeah, and uh, I heard that geeky. Um, I read that uh, Rose did learn some real magic tricks for the show. Like, I think that card trick that she did was uh, was was all her. Maybe not the fact that it was in his back pocket, but, you know, how it disappeared, you know, on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Robbie's line. It was this is the best brain ever. I almost want to start killing magicians so it never ends. <laughs> <laughs> and then Clive comes in and she says, pick a card. And she's like, No. The back and forth of them. As a matter of fact, I ca- caught on the rewatch um, uh, the raw fish thing and uh, Ravi explaining about the different kinds of magicians that come to Presto Fest. And Clive says, sometimes I really hate my job. And then later on, uh, Ravi realizes the murder is a magic trick. And he says, sometimes I really love this job. <laughs> I didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, that was fun. Um, what else do I want to say about this, uh, this case? It's really cute how Houdina just refuses to believe that Sid's dead. (laughs) Same with Magnus. They're both like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) 
oh, yeah, do you have any idea what uh, Liv ate as a brain? Like, as a dish with the brain? No, I meant to look it up to see if anybody else knew. I, I, no, I read I a few no reviews idea. and only one of them actually mentioned it and said it was a breakfast scramble. But it seemed like more than just eggs. Uh, <laughs> or even I don't even remember seeing eggs. So, I don't know. Um, what else? Um... Uh, Steve owned all the Police Academy movies. I liked that. <laughs> that uh, that Sid was so into his act that he wanted to have a Wiccan wedding, and that's what flipped uh, Houdina. Oh yeah, um, you know Clive's getting getting really annoyed with his magic stuff, and then on the Presto Fest floor, he uh, this guy's like doing the three card Monty for him, and he's. Uh, and he's like, it's this one, it's this one. He's and he's like, I grew up in Brooklyn, you know. And then later on, he realizes that the kid stole his watch. <laughs> so it's like he had a triumph for a minute there, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's uh, his watch is missing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, oh, how about how about the fact that um, Smoke knew how to pronounce uh, Clive's last name, Babenye. <laughs> Baben, yeah, no. Uh, seems like I had a, a tweet about that from Schumacher. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I think he said something like, "This is that's the first time the name's been pronounced correctly on the show." Oh okay. I think it's a, if it's something different, let me know. But um, I like that Houdina's like magic isn't real. Let me break it to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, I think the one thing that I think I was bothered by this case because I thought it was pretty fun, but the fact that Liv picks an ampersand off the whiteboard and that's how she remem- realizes that that Mirrors is the one that was dressed up as the maid uh, uh, I don't know if that well, really works well, she just she was just very observant she, she remembered what Mirrors handwriting looked like and she saw um, the maid's handwriting that it, it seemed very familiar so I mean I buy that you know what really helped but probably make the episodes a lot shorter is if she ate a brain and then would remember the uh, the murder victim's last moments of life. Like, she actually has a vision of uh, Mears as the maid running in and slicing his throat. <laughs> but I guess that would yeah. probably ruin things. Well, it's like the show wants you to think that she has to live... Because didn't she mention that last week to Blaine, you know... Uh, when he's bringing up all the cool things about being a zombie, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Yeah, but what about the the uh, the visions of their last moments?" Yeah, but she never really has they, those, does she? Right. They want you to think that she's carrying all this with mm-hmm. her, but but we never see that. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um. All right. If you guys are listening, you got to get on that. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I, the last thing I think I had for this case is, I, again, I just loved, loved the presentation that Liv does. That uh, she sp- actually spots the waitress <laughs> they, because she's auburn hair and, uh, you know, looks good in a dress or whatever. I guess she realized that this girl, Destiny, was the waitress. So she hides her under a table and brings her out. Yeah. So. Yeah, see, I just... I- I was like, why is she under the table? I don't get it. <laughs> I all yeah. that. Well, it's, that's, that's the waitress. That, yeah. I mean, she must have just seen like so an Auburn-haired girl and was like, 
all right, she works here. Maybe she's the waitress that was paid to be with Magnus. <laughs> so Liv was just being very theatrical. Yeah. Very presentational. That okay. was great, though. I mean, she it's a little shaky how she figures out the case, but the presentation is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and while we're still talking about magic, I got to say uh, the choice of soundtrack um, of this episode. We started off with Joe Cocker's I, I Put a Spell on You. We had Pilot's uh-huh. Magic. I didn't even know the band's name was Pilot, but it's the uh, oh oh, it's magic. Yeah, yeah. And of course, what opened up uh, our podcast, uh, which is uh, Steve Miller Band's Abracadabra, because how could you not? And yeah. I, I, I was trying to think of other magic songs. I thinking, I was thinking maybe they should have had the Cars Magic in the episode. Uh. Maybe uh, Hearts Magic Man. I don't know. Maybe they didn't want to overdo it. <laughs> Yeah, maybe all that would have been too expensive because uh, I'll just wait till we get no. to it before I mention this other what thing. What was the other thing? Now you got me in suspense. Oh, uh, when David Andrew, uh, Blaine singing uh, Danny oh, Boy. Oh, Danny Boy. Yeah. Uh, Schumacher said, uh, check out his album, David Andrew Sings the Royalty Free Hits. <laughs> royalty Free Hits, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I was wondering about that. I was like, is he is he singing that because that was another one of his grandfather's favorite songs? And that was another thing I was a little disappointed about this episode was, again, something big happens in the last episode and it wasn't really addressed in this one. And Blaine's grandfather dying, uh, you know, him having to him, excuse me, I shouldn't say it as if it was a natural death. He murdered his grandfather and his father's missing. I mean, he's he's on the case with uh, Liv here in our uh, strange dead fellows section. But, you know, I, maybe he just he just hides it really well. He's a he's a he's a cold bastard. <laughs> yeah, because it's yeah, because he didn't have to. It turned out he didn't have to kill his grandfather. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, why was he singing Danny Boy? The pipes, the pipes. Is that is that like a pipe? See, organ that's kind what of thing? I was wondering if he knew that Peyton was coming in, mm. and he wanted to be all charming. Yeah. But <laughs> she just comes in and and she surprises him, so he doesn't. He's not really trying to be cool and impressive mm-hmm. and attractive. He's and, trying to tell us that. Listen, you heard Rose sing the other week. You've heard me sing this week. It's it's. We're teasing. There's a musical episode coming. <laughs> <laughs> that would they, be awesome. They know we all want it. And it's not just us. I mean, I, be, I read reviews and stuff. There are people who are like, yeah, there's got to be a musical episode of this. There has to be. Has to be eventually, <laughs> yes. But um, if Fringe can do a musical, this show definitely can. Did they do can. a musical? Was it a- yes, it was terrible. Oh, right. <laughs> I think I rem- that's probably why I don't remember it so well. <laughs> So, yeah, let's talk about our strange dead fellows here, Blaine and Liv, uh, a.k.a. Yo, girl, he shot your boyfriend in the face. <laughs> uh, why, are you, why are you sitting in a car with him? But uh, I guess, you know, he really appealed to her um, to her humanity because the, the some of the zombies being murdered are nice people with families. Is that why she's on board with I'm this? I'm assuming. She wanted to. She, she was just like, nope, nope, nope. And then. 
but the but the zombies are being murdered. We might be murdered, and the zombies that are being murdered or are missing are nice people with families. Okay, that's right. All right, so we're back to the beginning. Sorry, that's okay. uh, my brain is very <laughs> off. So she thinks that she could be in danger. Yeah. So that I think that yeah, that's why she's going along with Blaine because she's she's afraid. Yeah, she's afraid that she could be taken out. Yep. As well as you know others. You know she feels. Our, our, our live is a hero, and she feels responsible for, you know, others. Because people don't understand that zombies are real. Zombies are people, too. Hashtag <laughs> zombies are people, too. Uh, but, um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought this was cool, the, the whole thing with having to break into Bazio's house. Although, you know... She had her entire case like laid out on the table, and Liv like comments on it, but there wasn't any sort of like like callback to it. Like, there's a reason why she had it. Like, she seemed Basio seems smarter than this, so I'm almost wondering: is there some sort of hidden reason why she's like she would allow zombies to break into her house and look at the case? I feel like the only reason all of that was out there was so Blaine could see a picture of the dog. <laughs> We could see Liv almost see a picture of yep. the dog, but not because if she had, she would have put it, put two and two together and connected uh, Major with the zombie disappearance. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that uh, it, was, it was weird. So who do you think is going to see this dog first? Is it going to be Basio or is it going to be Blaine? Because there's trouble when either one of them does see it. Oh crap! But yeah, Blaine will see the dog. Blaine. Okay, I'm going to go Bas- Basio. Let's hope we remember this. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'll send you one Bitcoin if uh, you win. Okay. And you send me one PayPal statement. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah, I like, the, I like that Ravi has some sort of secret uh, backdoor to the morgue where he can just show up <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, he, like, clicks the light on, you know, while Liv and Blaine are talking in the morgue. Sorry, I'm bouncing around too much for you. <laughs> Okay, wait a minute. What? Remember when Blaine <laughs> okay. first showed up and then they were talking and Liv, you know, said he was said she would help and then Rob all of a sudden Robbie hit, hits a light and turns it on and he's been standing in the dark the entire time. Or maybe he came into a back door or something. Wow, I did not remember this. Really? At all. It was pretty surprising. <laughs> it was like a click light and there's Robbie standing there and he's like, Do you have my uh you have any more of that uh, you know, boat utopium? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Does not ring a bell. Now you're watching it a third time now. Um, so yeah, uh, Basio's back to Basio's house. The, the whole investigation found. Uh, we I love the yellow coolers thing, which you had a uh, you quoted at the beginning of the episode, right? Yeah, because these yeah the the coolers could lead back to him. <laughs> he should have just went with something plain like freezer bags or whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that they know about uh, Alan York's hair. You know, that's that was a big thing that they find out about. Yeah, the fourth person to walk on the moon, and uh, Blaine says, "Who remembers the fourth person that did anything or whatever?" Oh, and Blaine tells when he's trying to get Liv to help him. He said, "You know, oh, help me, zombie one, Kenobi. You're our only hope." <laughs> yes. Yeah, which I think they did. Um, they did comment. Uh, I think Raul was like. Wow, we're giving Anders my Star Wars lines, you know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, another couple things I liked about this was uh, uh, when they break into Basio's house, 
if you noticed when they're coming in the house, like, Liv is handing the lockpick set back to Blaine, and Blaine is looking kind of annoyed. You can almost imagine yeah. there's this whole, like, oh, I can do it, and I can get us in in 30 seconds or less, and yeah. watch me do it, you know? <laughs> I can do this on this brain. I bet there was a deleted scene there. I, I, I bet you, because it kind of pays off. When they, the envelope comes in and she starts doing that whole thing, like, how do we open an envelope without getting, you know? And then he just pulls out his uh, his knife and uh, his butterfly knife and rips it open. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, uh, what's, uh, what do you think about Liv actually kind of breaking the law here and doctoring up these, uh, these results? Oh, this is, yeah, point of no return. This is going to destroy her trust, the trust between her and Clive. Yeah. That's, that's, that's terrible. Because it was, you know, surprising that Clive and uh, Del Bazio are so close. Mm. Yeah. Should we get into our ships segment before we, (laughs) before we close this episode out? Well, well, I just want to say that. Liv and Blaine together are just great. They're great. Like, I feel, yeah, I just feel more, um, you know, uh, oh my God, my brain. That's okay. <laughs> I just, I just think that I, I would rather watch Liv and Blaine in a scene than Liv and Major. Ooh, see, I like Robert Buckley too. You know, he's got his own thing going on. I mean, he's, he, he's, he's, I, I think they're both great. Um, but the thing is, like, the whole, um, Lily live ship and I'm, and I've, I've coined that. So people have to use it now, uh, has, is going through some rough patches here because they're trying to play this like, Oh, we can do this without having sex. This is not going to be a problem, but it's even worse. Um, because live is a zombie and live is, does have a, a bit of a mood swing problem. I guess you call it. If you wanted to be really uh, silly about it, 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 you know, attributed to almost like PMS. I'm almost reminded of the uh, the uh, Willow line to Oz in Buffy when uh, Oz is asking if she's going to be okay with him turning into a werewolf, or turning into a werewolf once a month, and she says she pretty much does the same thing, right? She turns into a monster once a month too. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, in the beginning uh, of the episode. Major and Liv are talking, and they have to be honest with each other. And he says that he's up for whatever she throws at mm-hmm. him. And so it starts out with him, you know, trying to like anticipate these brains, how they affect yep. her, because they have the discussion in the kitchen, Major and Ravi and Peyton. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, then, the whole, the- but then it comes down to Major knows that Liv knows. <laughs> oh my god you what? try to you try to know. try to form these complex thoughts this is not good for you because you're so tired no I'm major so knows tired. that Liv knows i wonder where you're gonna go with this about the about the there, disappearance of the zombies yep of the yes and but he's not he's not he's not being very honest with her and uh, he's not being honest exactly that's what i'm trying yeah. to say he not being honest he's closed off and she's being honest with yeah him. she's even telling well she's probably not telling him about the blaine thing teaming up with blaine but she is telling him about the the zombie possible zombie killer out there so yeah i do like how you know sort of sort of quietly in the background you know, our major's got his own little 
plot line here because you know you watch things from his point of view. He's he's kind of coming in and he's um, he's trying. To, he's 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 like okay, so there's no sex. So let's see what else I can you know be happy with. And it's not like he can really feel super close with this girl who is is definitely not his fiance anymore. Uh, you know, how long is Liv Liv? You know, when when is Liv actually herself? Sometimes it's a weird because we're on a brain and then we're not on the brain. And then, you know, we need to eat a brain. I like how Peyton talked about, like, oh, yeah, I saw her eyes go all red and she killed somebody in front of me. But <laughs> oh, and yeah. like, I like the variety. <laughs> 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 Which, you know, does... Um, you know, kind of pay back to what Robbie's going through, but I mean, um, yeah, major. You see, the major at the beginning of the episodes, he's like, he, you know, he's trying to convince himself. So he's like, I like both Britneys, you know, the crazy one and the hit me baby one more time one. And then, you know, when she's like ruminating on death in front of these uh, roses, majors is like, oh no, I'm not bothered about this at all. <laughs> What did he say? Uh, so that's yes, you do want a, a sandwich. What was he fixing? Turkey sandwiches? Something like that. I didn't want it down. I can't remember. <laughs> I do like how in that scene, like she's worried about the zombie killer, and he's like, "Oh, don't worry, you're definitely not next. <laughs> like that's definitely not going to happen." <laughs> um, yeah. So um, yeah, and you know, and, and of course, Blaine seems like more of. You know, we're having, we, we have a lot more fun with Blaine, especially when we get, like, the ending of this episode, which is Major coming home and finding Liv do, doing this Ouija and acting super weird. And then he's just, like, he just goes to his room, and that's it. Yeah. Right? Is it he's closing himself off to her because he's so afraid that she'll find out his secret? Yeah. But, you know, I don't think it's just that. I think it's just, like, he's... He's gotten through that honeymoon period. They've they've reconciled. They've made out. They've come close to having sex. They really want each other. Things are happy, but he's also like he's he's in love with this strange this girl that turns into a stranger every once in a while. So I don't know. You know, I don't think he knew what he was getting into. Mm. So should we talk about Rick Bang? I mean, uh, <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> yes, let's talk about. Hey, Robbie. What's your porn name, by the way? <laughs> What is it? Is it your the street you your first your, your first pet, and then your last My name first? is the, the street you grew up on? Daisy Mill Creek Drive. <laughs> Daisy Mill Creek. Daisy Mill Creek. <laughs> Mill Creek. Mill Creek. M I L L. That is uh-huh. amazing. I'm Reggie Church. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, Robbie's is actually Polly Cripplegate, which is really hilarious. It sounds like a very British road. Yes, very. Um, But, uh, yeah, um, we have this scene where Peyton is – oh, wait. No, I don't want to get to that yet. Robbie is talking about um, how, like, Steph helped him with that porn name. And uh, he's like, things are fine with her. And Liv actually is like, can you have sex with her? <laughs> like, can you just be a normal person with her? Because, uh, yeah, I might be having some problems. <laughs> so, I don't know. I was... Uh, like, I understand 
probably what it's like to be with somebody and, uh, you know, be pining for somebody else. I've been in situations like that before, like 20 years ago, but whatever. <laughs> um, um, uh, but yeah, I also was getting super mad at Ravi and it might've been because I knew Debs was going to come on the show. And I, I was, I was thinking that, um, Steph was just such a fun character, you know, after her high fives or whatever. So I was kind of maybe a little mad, madder at Ravi than I should have been, but yeah, I'm mad that that's the end of that character yeah. for all we know. It's like, will you just like her so she can stick around because she's a fun character. Yeah. And I mean, what is not to lie? Like I like I was saying to like like I was saying to Debs, I, I really felt like Steph was like in honeymoon phase and Ravi just wasn't. So Yeah. Uh, but he was getting so like uh it's fine. Yeah, I'm okay with oh man, I gotta hang out with her tomorrow. And then, you know, how he's um <laughs> he's trying to talk to Peyton about uh about how she Steph changed her Facebook status to in a relationship, and she, I love how Peyton just continues to turn the blender on until he shuts up about it. Yeah, because at that point, I was like, "Does she just not want to hear about Steph?" Yeah, you know, does she still like him or or what? But no, she just didn't want to be bummed out with his, you know, women problems. Yeah, I, you know, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about Peyton in a minute. Um, Frank, just hold on. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, but but uh, what else? The 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 Guy Fox day. The that whole scene. The setup. Hilarious. I. <laughs> oh, we forgot to ask her if he downed a pint. Uh, oh, oh shoot. Or if it was apple juice. Uh, what was it? <laughs> it I was I was um, interested in the fact that he, you know, she said that. You know, British people prefer, prefer, prefer their pints, tongue twister, at uh, room temperature. Mm-hmm. Must be easier to drink that way. Yeah. But, you know, she sets this whole thing up, and yeah, it's a little ridiculous and over the top. But it's like, you know, Robbie is a super dork, you know? He, he loves video games and magicians and stuff. Why can't he be endeared about this lovely girl hanging British flags and playing God Save the Queen and has this bearskin hat and, you know, and she says you're worth it to him. And it's just, aw. <laughs> because he would rather be with Peyton. Yeah, I guess it just constantly comes back to that. And she's trying to set up, like, soccer tickets next month, and then the wine country or Whistler. Uh, I think that the big thing we could probably not excuse Robbie for is instead of just being honest, he gets drunk and sleeps with her. And the next day he says, look, you're an amazing and creative. Creative person? Woman? Oh, my God. What a slap in the face. And she says, uh, what did she say? Waiting till the morning after, not classy. Not classy. (laughs) I knew we would get to the apologizing. Now, what did that mean? Well, because he said, said, I'm I'm sorry, you know. And then she says, I knew we'd get with the apology. Like, he didn't start it off with, like, I'm so sorry, you know. It's just like, let's patronize Mm -hmm. you. And then, so that's just... Honestly, that was like show low for Ravi. And yeah, I understand what it's like to be a confused guy, but man, that's just, ugh. so I, I wish Steph the best. I hope, uh, I hope she's, uh, I hope she finds like a, 
I don't know, like a podcast and, and, a, and a great co-host and just talks about iZombie, you know, on the internet. So good luck to her. Yeah. So uh, another chapter title I loved was uh, A Rose by uh, Another Name. And I just wrote next to it, like Liv. Because <laughs> Liv is played by Rose McIver. So I thought that was interesting. Um, Very meta. Yeah. So, okay, let's first talk about, um, I mean, we talked about the Danny Boy part, but how about Blaine and Peyton? What are your thoughts on this? Because Peyton seemed kind of charmed. Yeah, she seemed kind of um, batting her big, she was like batting her big eyes at him and like not wanting to make eye contact and acting kind of bashful. Mm -hmm. And you know, something I, I caught, you know, as I watched this again and just kind of really just tried to think about each of the characters and what they're going through is that Peyton is scared about, um, Stacy boss, like super scared. Yeah. And so, you know, Robbie comes into the kitchen when she's, you know, dancing about, (laughs) And scares her, you know, and then she goes to see Blaine and, you know, to warn him. But what she doesn't understand is that I think she felt safe with Blaine and he gave her his number and said, you know, call if he stops by or just if you're scared. And uh, yeah, if you get the heebie-jeebies. So that is how Blaine is going to get to the house to see Minor. Aren't you like blown away the fact that. You know, how many days has it been? And we haven't had Rita run into uh, uh, Major yet. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of... Liv and Major have been back together for a while, and he has not run into the roommate yet. I've been noticing that I'm fairly certain, like, every scene that Liv is with Major in this episode, it's at Major's house. Right. They spend a lot of time at Major's house. That might help. Um... Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I really, I, I, you know, obviously Blaine has murdered a bunch of homeless children, shot Lowell in the face. He deserves none of our pity or love. But just as we're kind of charmed at Blaine and Liv having screen time together, um, I'm also kind of charmed at these little talks between um, Blaine and Peyton. I just think they have chemistry. So yeah, yeah. I think. I think David Andrews just has chemistry with everybody. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, this is uh, this is the reason why she kind of pushes Ravi off. I mean, she, again, gets scared towards the end of the episode and is, again, startled by Ravi. And she asks him to hang out with him, and he just immediately goes in for the kiss. Yes, and she lets him down just like he lets Steph down. I think you're amazing and funny. <laughs> But funny. Uh, she also says it's just that I met, and then Robbie cuts her off. So, hmm. oh, I didn't, I didn't catch mm. that. Oh. But I gotta say, Peyton wasn't really thinking very clearly either, because you know she's all startled, and you know I think she really wanted Robbie to hang out with her to keep her to make her feel you know safer. Yeah, not necessarily that she wanted to spend time with him, but, but just she just wanted she just wanted somebody around because she was scared. Yeah, but she said, "Let's watch Vertigo," and that 
mm-hmm. that's not cool. Because <laughs> yeah, because that brought back that led him to believe that was she was on. in the same. Yeah, that she was in the same spot that yeah. she was in season one. Where did yeah. they leave off when she left town about to go see the movie Vertigo? And now it's like she's complimenting him and then says, you know, you're awesome. Let's hang out and watch Vertigo together. We don't hang out enough. And she's looking for security and he totally sees it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, so embarrassing. Yeah, calm as a bitch. <laughs> um, yeah. So also we had, uh, uh, a, a little shirtless action from Clive this episode. Oh Were you yeah, okay with that? That uh, thumbs up. He was in bed with the boss. I kept yeah. writing the boss in my notes. I don't know why. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, and he is now like second. Like everything was leading him to believe that his instincts were correct. Mm. You know, and and now that the, that Liv changed the results, that it's bovine brain instead of human brain. He's like, oh, I guess I was wrong. He's like second guessing. Yeah, how could now. I think that Suzuki would have a human brain in his freezer? But she, Bazio yeah. also says, like, you know, it seems like you're kind of disappointed. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> like he thought he had some sort of big mystery here, and uh, it just, you know, I think I'm really hoping that it's still kind of. I know he's probably not going to end up testing the brain again, and because that would be kind of silly to have that story be, and then just have him go test it again, and then it's he finds out it's human. Uh, It might be something else that maybe makes him go back and retest it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Something else will happen, though. Something will come up. But um, yeah, we had a uh, we had a mystery woman show up outside of the boss's house, about about to ring the doorbell. Um, She does see live. Leave, uh, put that package through the door as she's sitting in her car. And then after Liv uh, leaves, I think it's later though, she must be sitting in her car for a while. Because after Liv leaves, um, that's when she goes and she's almost about to ring the doorbell while Clive and, and Dale are in bed together. But then she just leaves a package on the doorstep that says, Occupant. Right. Is does this have to do with Clive? Is this is she bringing information to the FBI agent? Is she bringing information to Clive's new girlfriend? Is she bringing information? You know, like who? Where is she coming from? I am uh. feeling I know what it is, but um, I'm just gonna say without spoiling other people that that I this is not obviously the last we're gonna see of this woman. Right. And uh, I looked her up. She's Natasha Burnett. And I don't know if you noticed her now because she's played this character named Athena in Unreal. Um, did you say you watched that show? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Such a great yeah, show. Yeah, She looked very familiar, but I wasn't sure what I noticed her from. But I noticed that she was in Unreal. I'd never seen that show before. But So I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? So I think we covered it all. I think we do. If not, you know, I, I'm sure there'll be something on in feedback here. We have a little bit of feedback. Um, where am I? Oh, there we go. Our email here is from Jen, and Jen says, "Hey, Robin, Steph, and guest." This week, I didn't feel like the episode was quite as jam-packed with story as previous ones, but I still right. I still really enjoyed it. 
This brain yeah. was so fun, and since the case of the week was a more prominent part of the show, I'm happy it was more exciting than some of the other cases we've seen so far this season. I always like characters who are a little dark and twisty, and Liv on the magician brain was pretty fun. Was that pause on the picture of Minor for the audience, or because Blaine knows that Major has the dog? Yeah, I'm thinking it was for the audience because he seemed to just yeah. I was thinking it. yeah. I was thinking it was oh he's going to recognize this dog when he does see it and oh if Liv had just looked yeah. if if she had chosen to uh, check out the files on that side of the table instead of. Because when they walk up to it, Blaine says, okay, what are we going to do? And she's like, you take that side, I'll take that side. If she had chosen the other side, she would have saw the Mm. dog. She would have put it all together. Uh, Jen continues, I would watch a buddy cop show with Liv and Blaine. The two of them are super snarky to each other, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah, their scenes were great. Oh, Ravi is definitely not over Peyton. I hope that since he told her, we don't have to watch him pine too much for her. I also don't want want him to be crushed. It turns out she's developing feelings for Blaine, which I kind of feel might be the direction they're going with that. Yes. Yeah, uh, another note about the Ravi thing. I like how we've had this Ravi who's been very super confident and has been putting up a really, actually a really good front on being like, oh, we're friends, you know, let's have a hug. It might be a little, a lot, you know, construed as a, um, a longer hug, uh, a, a, a wanting to be more than hug, but it's a hug. And they've just been kind of jumping around over breakfast and stuff in the last few episodes. And, I don't know. I just thought that that's that was interesting. How we can see that it is Ravi was really just trying his hardest to get over. Her. It's a mistake for her to move in with Ravi. That is not going well. No. Yeah, and it's funny. It's like is this like Major and Ravi's house with Peyton and just just you know hanging out until she can find a new place, or is Peyton legitimately like moved in at this point? I don't know. Um, all right, I'm gonna continue with the email here. I mean, I think you guys are right. All right, I think we're done with that email. No, <laughs> I just, I just, like that. I think you guys are right. Last week, I totally didn't catch that all of Major's supposed victims were in the freezer. I guess Major knew that he could freeze them because when Blaine locked him in the freezer in the meat cute in season one, wasn't there also zombies in there with him? Um, yeah, I was trying to remember that. I know, um, I know Blaine killed a homeless kid in front of him, and I think he was a zombie or something like that. Man, I need to. I'm the worst size zombie podcaster. <laughs> Do you remember? I thought that um, didn't Blaine put? Uh, he did the Julie. Oh he did what's Alec? Yeah, he didn't. He put Julian on ice because he got mad at him for some reason. Yeah, the major wasn't party to that. Oh, he didn't. He didn't witness any of that. No. Well, I know that's where Major. I'm. I'm ninety nine percent sure that Major knows that you can freeze zombies, yeah. or he's going to have a pretty big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> the power goes out. Um, all right. So she says. Either way, yay for Major not becoming a murderer. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts as always, Jen. Thanks, Jen. And we have. Yeah. Well, did he murder Amy? Is that so? I don't know. I guess we're supposed to assume I mean, did that he, he murdered didn't? the. Like the first guy, the guy who had the, the teenage children? No, he was in the freezer. That was Addis okay. uh, from Addis Timber Company or whatever. Mr. Addis, I don't know. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. He was in there. He was in there with the jogger, and Angus got thrown on top. So he had three in the freezer, and as far as we know, he's been constantly telling um, Rita Gilda that you know he's been going down the list, and just you know they're they're not zombies. <laughs> so I don't know. Hopefully, we'll get maybe we can get a flashback or some some sort of something to clear that up. Um, Rebecca left us a, a few just single line comments. She says, Peyton and Robbie are killing me. And Peyton, don't be interested in Blaine. And who knew Blaine could sing? <laughs> so, uh, agreed, Rebecca. And, uh, Marissa, uh, left us a, uh, comment just now. Um, she says, I actually like the case of the week. The magicians and Ravi geeking out over them was fun. Poor Peyton being on the edge over every little noise and flirting with Blaine. Ick. Although she has no way of knowing what a scumbag he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and poor Ravi. He was just trying to have some fun and all of a sudden he's in a relationship and she's making plans for them. Her efforts are sweet, but a trifle overwhelming. Yay for Clive and Dale. They are awesome. I'm dying to know who the mystery woman was at the end and what's in the envelope. Agreed, Marissa. And I think we're going to find out. I keep saying next week. It's the week after next. We've got a week off. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm just I'm just really impressed with the show. You know, this might have not have been the strongest uh, week. Um, but I am impressed with the fact that this show just keeps setting all these little bombs right <laughs> waiting to go off. And you're like, any any second now, one of them's going to happen. You know, Clive is going to figure out that Liv's a zombie. Liv's going to find out that Major's been killing zombies. Blaine's going to find out that Major killed his father or put his father on ice. You know, all this stuff. It goes on and on and on. Yeah, it just looms over the episode. Yeah, so they're just kind of, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We have, uh, we have, I think, at least two more episodes before um, we take a break for Christmas or whatever holiday you, you celebrate out there in, in Zombieland. Um, uh, <laughs> we do have uh, one episode called The Hurt Locker. I'm going to read the description for that, um, but I did want to kind of tease that, you know, if you join our Facebook group... Um, and uh, don't feel like searching around for it really easy by just typing into Google. Um, there are some cool images from the Christmas episode or holiday episode um, that are posted. And uh, it is definitely a very, very anticipated episode ever since I saw these pictures. So uh, come check them out. And uh, yeah, definitely join our group because, uh, you know, it's really easy to leave us a comment um, there. And uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Um, I think that's it. I just have to read, uh, the next time on iZombie is the episode, The Hurt Stalker, or The Hurt Stalker. Uh, it says, all about Clive. Detective Babigny, uh, arrives at the crime scene of a wedding planner who was shot to death and is shocked to realize that he used to date the victim. To make matters worse, we learned that the murder victim was stalking Detective Babigny, and that he is, should I just say that from now on? Sure. Okay. And then he was now, he is now the number one suspect in her murder. Um, Liv and Ravi pose as an engaged couple in order to infiltrate the victim's wedding planning business. 
Meanwhile, Major is having a tough time dealing with Liv on Stalker Brains. Michael Whale directs the episode, and it's written by Sarah Sadie. Sadie. Sarah Sadie? Um, so, um, new writer. Looking forward to more of that. So that's going to be December 1st, folks. It's not going to be next week before Thanksgiving. It's going to be December 1st. So, uh, hold out for that. All right, Steph. Well, I, uh, I, I, I really love podcasting with you, but, um, love is made only of death, a tragedy waiting in the wings. You're bumming me out, man. Bye. Bye. The iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please, do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Thank you for listening to our show. Obligatory contact information in 3, 2, 1. Go! You can follow me on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow me as well at L. Robinero. If you like what we do, check out our other podcast about the Joss Whedon show, Angel, Redemption Cast. Find us at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. I also have a third podcast all about the Marvel Netflix television series, The Defenders Podcast. Find that at defenderspod.com. Like us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash iZombiePodcast. Join our Facebook discussion group, facebook.com slash groups slash iZombiePodcast. You can find those links and more on our home on the web, iZombiePodcast.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Use those delicious cerebellums and make sure you leave it on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're out. Brand Appetit!